98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Scores of school children are put in quarantine in connection with an expanding cluster of COVID-19 cases at a Quarry Bay apartment block. Another building in Jordan is locked down for mandatory testing and the government says it's turning to more incinerators, waste charges and recycling to slash per capita waste per person by up to 45% by 2035. A growing COVID-19 outbreak at a Quarry Bay apartment block has prompted authorities to order a partial evacuation, while some 130 students at a school have been quarantined. Francis Sitt reports. Seven residents of Wiley Building have tested positive for COVID-19 so far. Four were confirmed earlier, while three are preliminary positives picked up in an overnight lockdown. Two of the seven are students of Shao K-1 Government Secondary School, who had set examinations in the same hall earlier this month. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr. Chan Shokwan said they don't know each other and didn't sit close together during the exams. But around 130 students and a couple of teachers and staff who were in the hall will be placed into quarantine. As a precaution, because both students had onset during exam period, although there are quite mild symptoms, it's still possible that the two are related or there may be other infection in the school that start from there So uh, and back to the, I mean, the building. You never know. Family members of those quarantined, along with hundreds of other students from the same school, will have to get tested for COVID. Authorities also ordered a partial evacuation of the Quarry Bay building, as six of the seven cases live in flats that face the same direction. All residents living in the 04 units have been ordered into quarantine. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yung Kwok Yong believes the virus may be being transmitted vertically through sewage pipes or an enclosed light well. These are the two key factors which might have contributed to the transmission in this building. Probably through what we call chimney infect, in which the infected air of 1404 unit is ascending the light well or ascending inside the sewage pipes, which leads to infection of the other residents in the upper floor. This comes as the centre reported 32 new coronavirus infections, 28 of which are locally acquired. Officials are unable to trace the source of six infections. More than 20 other people have tested preliminary positive for the virus. Authorities have locked down Manying Building in Jordan and Hang On Building in Sham Shui Po for mandatory testing overnight. They're hoping to allow residents to leave by 7 o'clock tomorrow morning after everyone is tested. But an expert is raising more questions about the government's lockdown strategy. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Ho Pak Leung says authorities should act more quickly and target high-risk places like construction sites. Damon Pang reports. The expert's spoken out against what he sees as ineffective lockdowns so far. Dr Ho said the government should seal off a building for tests immediately after new cases are found, rather than doing so a week later and questioned why no lockdowns have been ordered for construction sites, even though transmission chains have emerged at a number of sites for a month. Dr Ho noted that officials have never inspected any construction sites, including the airport's third runway project where there has been an outbreak. You don't go there to do an epidemiology study. You don't know where and how it was transmitted. Then how can you impose measures targeting the problems? Dr Ho told an RTHK program. 
The government has unveiled a new plan for waste reduction that aims at reducing the amount of rubbish thrown out per person by 40 to 45 percent before 2035, and the long-term aim is to replace Hong Kong's overflowing landfills with more modern incinerators that can convert trash to energy. One of the cornerstones of the government's updated strategy is to push ahead with the much-delayed levy on household waste that was first suggested more than 15 years ago. Here's the Environment Secretary Wong Kam Singh. Municipal solar waste charging is a very key measure to drive behavioural change in Hong Kong and also give value to different recyclables to support the industry and also uh, push more people to do clean recycling. As mentioned in the uh, bulletin, uh, we set it as a medium term. Our wish, as mentioned in the latest policy address, is to ask the current LegCo to consider the MSW charging wheel as soon as possible and we hope that if it could be passed up within this term, the current term, that will help Hong Kong to get closer to the target. You're listening to RTHK. The time is now exactly five minutes past 11. The executive director of Green Earth, Edwin Lau, says the government's suggestion of building more incinerators to replace landfills may not be the best way forward. He noted that a massive planned facility at Shekru Chow has already faced numerous delays and said a huge amount of plastic and paper can be recycled instead of burnt. They are resources and should not be put into the big burner to burn and turn it into energy. They could be better recovered to raise the recycling rate and to recover more for turning them into recycled material for reuse in many uh, industrial processes. Plastic is the main and paper, and these two are supposedly some good resources they should go for reuse and recycling rather than uh, let it enter to the incinerator to get it burned. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, Law Chi Kuang, has rejected demands from lawmakers to grant extra allowances for some recipients of the government's working family allowance for low-income families. The government last week cut the number of working hours needed to qualify for the subsidy on fears that recipients wouldn't have enough work due to the pandemic. Legislators asked if families with elderly members can get more money. But Mr Law said this is a non-starter because it effectively transformed the scheme into another full-fledged welfare programme like the Comprehensive Social Security Assistance Scheme, or CSSA. He spoke through an interpreter. CSSA will take into account all persons living together in the household, including those that are not employed as well as elderly persons. So the design is very different. If we change the nature of WFA to um, consider family-based needs, then we are changing it to CSSA. Police say they arrested 81 people following raids on more than a dozen alleged gambling dens on Hong Kong Island last week. Police believe the operators also offered free drugs to clients, including low-quality methamphetamine. Chief Inspector Tse Si Kwan says officers seized games, drugs and around 40,000 Hong Kong dollars in cash. He says they're still trying to trace more of the proceeds. We'll try to pick uh, out the account holder, the detailed account holder, and trace the crime process. Uh, freezing the, the crime process is one of our options, but uh, we still need time to trace because that. Normally, they will use some student account. Uh, when the money is transferred to student account, they will transfer to other banks. So we need to trace the bank account. We need to trace the, the crime process. In the second layer, it takes some time. 
Macau started administering COVID-19 jabs to medics, port workers and other priority groups from tomorrow morning after receiving 100,000 doses of the Sinopharm vaccine from Beijing. Despite a lack of phase three clinical data from Sinopharm, officials have expressed confidence in the vaccine. Registration will be open to regular Macau residents from noon tomorrow with people getting the free jabs as early as the 22nd of this month. Australia's Foreign Minister Maurice Payne says the Australian journalist Cheng Lei has been formally arrested in China on suspicion of illegally supplying state secrets overseas. Ms Cheng worked as a high-profile presenter for the mainland state-run English-language news service CGTN. She was detained in August last year. Mrs Payne said the government has consistently raised its concerns about her detention. We have made a number of consular visits to her as part of our bilateral consular agreement. The most recent of those uh, was on the uh, 27th of January uh, and we continue to seek uh, assurances of uh, her being treated appropriately, humanely, uh, in accordance with international standards and that will continue to be the case. The military authorities who've seized power in Myanmar are threatening action against the growing protest to their rule. In a statement read out on television, they warned against committing acts that could damage stability in the country. There have been violations of law by disturbing, threatening others by force in groups, using the excuse of democracy and human rights. Without discipline, democracy can be destroyed. Action must be taken according to the law with effective tasks against offences which disturb, prevent and destroy state stability, public safety and the rule of law. Emergency workers are searching for as many as 200 people after the devastating flooding in the North Indian state of Uttarakhand state. The state's chief minister said 18 bodies have been recovered. The BBC's Jill McGivering reports. Indian troops have rushed to the scene to help as emergency workers battle through thick mud and debris in the effort to reach survivors. Many of those missing worked at one of the hydroelectric plants, which was devastated by the torrent of snow, ice and water which swept down the valley. Helicopters are also dropping food to villagers stranded after roads and bridges were washed away. India's government is pursuing ambitious plans to develop hydropower in the region, hailing it as an important and green source of energy. Two Swedish filmmakers who sent an underwater camera down to investigate one of the last century's worst maritime disasters have been cleared of disturbing a gravesite by a Swedish court. The passenger ferry MS Estonia sank in the Baltic Sea in 1994. More than 800 passengers and crew died. The BBC's Maddie Savage has the story. Shipwreck expert Linus Anderson and journalist Henrik Evertsen caused a stir with their footage of MS Estonia, which they alleged showed a previously unrecorded four-metre hole in the hull and led to calls for fresh investigations into one of Europe's worst peacetime shipping disasters. But the duo ended up in court, accused of violating a law made a year after the ship sank, when Sweden, Estonia and Finland all agreed it should be illegal to disturb the site. Gothenburg District Court ruled the film team had gone against the law, but concluded they could not be punished because they were in international waters and on a ship from Germany, which didn't sign the agreement. 
One of the richest people in South Korea, Kim Byung-soo, has announced he will donate half of his wealth of more than nine billion U.S. dollars to solve social problems. Mr. Kim is the founder of Kakao Talk, South Korea's biggest mobile messaging operator. He made the pledge in a Lunar New Year's message to employees, saying the donations would carry on throughout his life. Mr. Kim said details of how the money would be spent had not been decided. The price of crude oil has reached its highest level in more than a year as investors are becoming more optimistic about the recovery of the global economy from the pandemic. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. Oil prices are now back to pre-coronavirus levels. It's been a year of extraordinary gyrations in the market. Some prices in the United States briefly went below zero early in the pandemic. Producers had to pay traders to take their oil. The recovery in the market reflects supply cuts from the oil producers group OPEC and expectations that vaccination programmes will support a rebound in demand for transport fuels. The economic consequences of the health crisis were especially severe for the oil industry because it led to a collapse in travel. Locally, MPF investments made an average return of 11.7% last year, the second year in a row for the scheme to record a double-digit return. The Mandatory Provident Fund Scheme Authority says equity funds saw the largest returns of about 15%. The government is being urged to lower the tax rate and to offer relief to renters and first-time home buyers in the budget later this month. The Taxation Institute says marginal salaries tax should be cut by two percentage points to 15%. It also says rent should be deductible for up to $100,000 and stamp duty for first-time buyers should be waived. The Institute's Edwin Bin says even though a $300 billion deficit is expected, there's still room for the government to act during a downturn. People have already suffered quite a lot during the last year, and Hong Kong still has a substantial reserve. We have saved up for quite a long time already, and it's probably time to um, help people more in this difficult time. To sport, and Tom Brady has sealed his place in the pantheon of America's greatest sporting icons by winning a record seventh Super Bowl as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers routed the Kansas City Chiefs 31 to 9. The 43-year-old, who became the oldest man to play in the Super Bowl, etched another remarkable chapter in his 21-year career as the Buccaneers shattered the Chiefs' dreams of back-to-back NFL championships. Brady threw three touchdown passes and was named Super Bowl MVP, but he made sure to credit his teammates for the win. It's been an amazing year, amazing year. We got off to a good start, 7-2, and two, and then had a little rough stretch where we kind of found our identity and um, played a lot better football down Last December, January, just really proud of all the guys, proud of all the uh, coaches, the effort we put in. We knew we were playing a great football team tonight, and we got the job done. So you want to get this far, you got to get the job done, and we did it. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Scores of school children are put in quarantine in connection with an expanding cluster of COVID-19 cases at a Quarry Bay apartment block. Another building in Jordan is locked down for mandatory testing. And the government says it's turning to more incinerators, waste charges and recycling to slash per capita waste by a person by up to 45% by 2035. The news from RTHK. In our newsroom, thanks to Todd Harding. Late night music. Al Green now, from 
dedicate this song to little Junior Parker, a cousin of mine that's going on, but he'd like to kind of carry on in his name. into this hour that's uh, Take Me to the River uh, 1974 Al Green uh, written uh, by Al Green uh, and um, the version um, hit versions recorded by a number of other people including the, the talk, including uh, Talking Heads Al Green's version that you just heard in fact ranked 117 on the Rolling Stone magazine's list of their 500 greatest songs of all time so there we are, Al Green, Take Me to the River. Uh, every night, trying to play a Cliff Richard tune every night. 
darkness Forget these wide-eyed fears I'm here, nothing can harm you My words will warm and calm you Let me be your freedom 